I'm Collier Landry. And I'm Brenda Fisher. And this is Moving Past Murder. And on today's Moving Past Murder, we are posing the question to you, how fed up with dating apps are you? If you're like me, you're just done. However, for some individuals, they get a little creative when it comes to the dating apps. And Brenda is going to tell us all about it. Absolutely. In a little game we like to call, How Desperate Are You? Let's do it. Let's do it. Brenda. Yes. When you came into the studio today, you had this question for me and you said what? I said, has your dad ever been on inmate.com? What was your, what were your thoughts on that? So I went and searched for his name. He didn't pop up. So I'm assuming he's not on there, but just with the type of person that he is um, and the fact that he always seemed like he wanted to always be in a relationship sometimes yeah. more than one at a time of course as we uh we all know and so i thought well you know being were you a- saying that my or were you were you trying to very <laughs> subtly say that my father was like a notorious womanizer yes yes I no was. way yeah seems seems like that was the case so i thought for sure he would want to be on inmate.com and he would want to you know, have several women going like he's used to. And so I thought for sure, I'm going to, you know, check it out and you're see gonna, if he's there. You're going to Google it. And so what, yeah. what What did the interwebs tell you in all their, in their infinite wisdom? So I didn't see him on there. And I thought that was interesting. I thought, well, what is he doing? Because, you know, I would imagine maybe he's just receiving enough mail to keep him busy from women who are fans, um, you know, and at his age, you know, most women are, are probably not as uh, techy if they're in his age demo and they want to stick to just sending letters maybe. So that, that poses a really interesting question. So do you think that his newfound fame or infamy rather from maybe the documentary or the forensic files episodes mm-hmm. make, make him more of a catch to these women? Is well, that what you're yeah. proposing? I mean, there are a lot of women out there that seem to, you know, really be into incarcerated guys and you know to me that seems kind of strange but you know what i guess you would know where they are at night at least right you definitely would know where they're at so without trying to be cheeky yes (laughs) even though we are yeah (laughs) uh, what what i'm curious about is because there's been this as we know the internet revolution revolution in dating you can date with your phone it's blah 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 and I, you know, you and I both experimented with that during the pandemic. And, right. um, I think we're both still signal or signal, <laughs> yes. single. So signal, <laughs> single, single. So obviously it doesn't, uh, it didn't work out so well, yeah. but, uh, on that note, um, do you think that it's also the idea that you don't really have to be attached to or have the connection to that person? You know, maybe so, or it's easier just to write to them and know that you don't actually have to meet them in person, especially if you find one that's, you know, in there for life and uh, no chance that they're going to get out anytime soon. So maybe you feel, 
you know, more comfortable, not worrying about ever having to meet the person in person. I don't, sure. I don't know what the attraction is. It's interesting is. because I listen to Bill Maher a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the show on HBO real time. One of the things we was talking about last night in his little monologue is he said something, some staggering number like 30% of males between the ages of like 18 and 30 are not having sex or not sexually active. And it was just discussing about like these people, young men, especially like becoming more introverted or uh, accepting these, these things that are not considered at least for my generation and probably your generation. And I would think for even the generation before me, uh, social norms. I think it's a new thing right. to have a strictly online based relationship and not in the catfish sort of way, right? but in the way of like, this is normal to me to share videos via Instagram. This, and I think we've seen, over the years, you know, with the emergence of things like Instagram, Facebook, instant messaging, you know, which has been around forever, but this interaction, this, you know, uh, Snapchat where you can send me a video instantaneously, Marco Polo, whatever your, your right. choice is, you, uh, you do feel more connected to that person in a digital way. So do you think that going back to this, that that is sort of the allure for these women or these, I mean, obviously the inmate they just like to talk and get attention because they're incarcerated and right. you don't have that. Right. And there were all, you know, they're trying to get to a sense of normalcy, whatever that looks like for them. I mean, I think their sense of normalcy is maybe a little different than our sense of normalcy. Right. Nonetheless, whatever they think that is. So yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this, what the stats are, but you were thinking about setting me up with some people. Is that I, correct? Yes. I was looking through and, um, you know, I'm very eager. Some of the girls on here are actually attractive, you know, and they look, they don't look like hardened criminals. And mm-hmm. then um, most of them that have, you know, drug charges, selling drugs, distribution, that sure. type of thing, um, you know, bad decisions. But um, you go through the men and I can it's... relate to those bad decisions. Right, that's for sure. right. Um, but you go through the men on here and a lot of them are in here for, you know, first degree murder and kidnapping and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's a little bit different than uh, the women that are on here. And I noticed too, as I'm scrolling through, there's a ton more men than there are women. Sure. For sure. Um on this as well, well just for percentages i think that statistically in the united states there are far more men incarcerated than women right exactly so it's just interesting to see when you you know some of these girls look like the girl next door and it's like what did you get yourself into and surprising to me um but a lot of the men on here basically look like um criminals so uh, cool. So there's a little bit of a difference. It's just interesting to see. Well, you told me that one woman had a cat. Now, I'm allergic to cats, so that won't work out. But she has a cat in prison? Oh, she's posing with her cat in prison? No, or no, this no. Is a these, are, these are pre-prison pictures. Got it. But, so they're able to still access their Facebook profile and pull some pictures off? Like, I don't know. They've allowed it access. It's like a cross-app sort yeah, of thing. I don't know or how do, that works. Or, or is this inmate.com thing? Or do you think this is something that a civilian on the outside of the prison is putting together for them? Oh. Oh, in hopes of getting them it might be because they do have a um, list an inmate so i think oh, that so it has to be listed by someone on 
the outside. So that would make sense with the pictures and how they're able to access the pictures. And see, and as I know that you know, because this is one of our bonding moments, we discussed when I first met you, We, you had a friend who was incarcerated that yes. you had grown up with that you were very close to. So you were receiving emails via JPay. So when I said JPay, you were like, I understand the whole system. So yes. I think our viewers would be interested in those because if you don't have anyone that's incarcerated, but you are a true crime junkie and you want to know about these things, it, the the system for communicating in prison has evolved significantly. It was very archaic for a very long time, even when they had these apps and you couldn't send money. You had to use one thing to send money because I would send my mother, my, my mother, my father money in prison right? Uh, from time to time. And if I didn't go to the actual prison to put money in there on his books, as they say, you could send it through an app. But I'm sure nobody is shocked to know it's a very expensive fee, transaction fees. You think PayPal it is mm-hmm. expensive. This is like 20% of your money or something. I mean, it's it's all designed to like impoverish and imprison people and keep them in a social class system and things like that. But I will not digress into that <laughs> because I want to so badly. That is a conversation for another day. Yes. What is interesting is that to watch these apps develop where now you can have video chats and you can send it. It's almost instantaneous, whereas it used to be a system. I mean, I, I know you've had experience with this and mm-hmm. tell me if, if you have experienced this, but I remember that you would write the email and then they would have to print out the email and then somebody would have to read it like the head of their housing unit or something would have to read the email on paper and then look at it and then give it to the inmate. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was like a seven day process to get it. Now it seems to be almost like you are using an instant messenger, and I have not communicated with my father pretty much since the, the pandemic because, as we all know, his prison was the one that was made the national news when the National Guard came in and shut down the prison because everybody got COVID and people died, and then my father had COVID and was in quarantine for 14 days. So I had reached out to make sure he was okay. Yeah, and I'll admit it selfishly because I'm like, oh, if you get, we have the same blood type. Mm-hmm. If you get COVID, but I'm asthmatic, am I going to run into problems? And I apparently also had COVID and had no symptoms. Yeah. And he was asymptomatic as well. So, yes, was interested in his well-being, but it far more was interested in like what my potential well-being is because he's my sort of biometric resource. I have no mother. Yeah. I have no, none of my family talks to me anyways that are on both sides. So he's like, he's like my bellwether. He's my half of my blood is right there. So I'm like, live long and prosper, as Spock would say. Is that what we do? Yep. We go like that? Yeah. So. Absolutely. Uh, I I got off onto a tangent. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, but so anyways, I wonder if this technological, all that to say this, if on inmate.com, you can actually have these interactions and send videos like you can now on JPEG. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder. I have not spoken to anyone on inmate.com. You have not. So I have okay. no idea. And you haven't obviously put anyone on there either. No, I have not. Got it. Not that I, closely connected with it. Do you think that, do, but it's a little game. You told me that you've been playing this with somebody in your office. Well, yeah, just a, um, you know, <laughs> laughing basically that uh, if we're desperate to find boyfriends that, you know, we can go to the screen here and pick one. And, you see, you always know you have an out. Yes. You know, so there's at, always an option. Push came this, and I believe, and there is a show because I have recently signed back up again for YouTube TV uh-huh. and then wondered why I did it. Cause I can't watch, I do it for the sports, but then you get these lockouts and then you're just, you can't watch any of the, of the fucking sports anyways. And I'm just <laughs> like, well, I, I want to watch the Lakers. Oh, I can't watch it. Cause it's a blackout because mm-hmm. it's on spectrum or some, some horse shit. Mm-hmm. And so now I troll the channels 
you know, going. And then I've noticed there's like a married behind bars or something. There's like a reality yeah. show. And of course, and it's probably been on for like 18 million years and I'm just becoming aware of it. There's these people that get into these intimate, into these intimate relationships with people, but they, I don't think they can have any intimacy either. I don't think that, that, what is it? Conjugal visits actually really exist in the real world. Really? Yeah. They do still they do. really do? But, do. but is it a boyfriend, girlfriend, or do you have to be married, or do you have to be married at the time you're arrested and you go to prison? Mm. Like, how does that work? Well, um, I believe that my friend who is in prison, uh, he, he's been married for over 25 years, Okay, but he's been incarcerated like 33, uh, but he's been married to the same person for over 25 years, um, and I believe she gets to go once a month to see him, and I think they get intimate time i haven't really asked a lot of questions about that um yeah it's another but, thing and so you, know, you asked me when you came in the door you said oh does your father have relationships now that is yeah. there are many things that <clears throat> are troubling to me about my situation <laughs> obviously and my father's situation being incarcerated because he's still at the end of the day even though he is who he is right uh is my father right one of the things I do not like to think about, there's two things I don't like to think about. One would be any sort of uh, forced sexual interactions with other inmates. And the other would be um, any relationships that he would have mm -hmm. on the outside with anyone else. I just really don't think. However, that said, I did go to visit him 20 some years ago. I think he was at Lucasville at the time, which is, for those of you who don't remember or who are were not born then. Lucasville <laughs> was engaged in a massive like riot. And I believe it was during the Clinton administration. Oh, the first Clinton administration when he, yeah. So anyways, these inmates in the, so in the prison system also to educate everyone that doesn't really know about this. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing you don't, by the way, let, let me be very clear. Uh, there are multiple groups that segregate you. And I'm going to interview my friend, John Morrissey, who did one of my top five favorite films of all time, American history X who became a mentor to me and he's ultimately the one who helped me make a murder in Mansfield. Right. He's my co-executive producer and found Barbara Koppel, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. One of the things that you, you discover in prison is, is it's sort of just like the outside. If you had, you know, the same groups of people in a very confined space. Right. So you have the, the, the blacks, the, you know, and, and any, any black, whether you are Haitian black or, or American, African American black, whatever that is. The white people, and then most of them, of the white people, fall under, unfortunately, like the neo-Nazi mm -hmm. sort of thing. Right. And then the, the the sort of segregation with that is then there is, I think there's like the white Irish as mm -hmm. well. Or there's like a Gaelic sort of clique there um, that are not neo-Nazis, that don't believe in fascism. And then there's also, you know, the, um, so there's the Aryan Brotherhood. There's also the, the Muslim Brotherhood, you know, mm -hmm. the Nation of Islam, right? Malcolm X, mm -hmm. not Muhammad. Well, I, I don't really know how that works, but don't quote me. Anyways, not Nation of Islam. Um, so one of the things is in this particular prison in Lucasville, uh, the, the Aryans, the neo-Nazis, and the Nation of Islam blacks said, instead of us fighting each other, which is, I, I, this is actually very genius when mm -hmm. you think about it, they're obviously trying to pin us against each other, much like normal society as well. Mm -hmm. On the outside of a prison wall, you know, create the concept of the enemy and you right. know, um, unite against a common enemy type thing. And they decided to say, okay, instead of fighting each other, let's fight the guards. And they literally took all the prison guards hostage. I think they killed like 10 of them and took the entire prison 
a, a, a maximum security prison in the United States. They took over the prison for like 12 days. Wow. Very terrifying for anyone who works in the prison. Because when you think about the guard to inmate yeah. ratio, I remember I was talking to somebody who was uh, a corrections officer here in California. It was something like 45 to 1. Like, if the inmates really got it together, like, they, <laughs> they could take over the prison, you know? And and it has happened from time to time. Right. Um, as we've seen. Uh, it, you know, they took over Lucasville. <laughs> but it's fascinating to me, too, to it see is. these sort of these really interesting cultural divides that are in the incarceration system. So he was in Lucasville and I remember I had a visit with him and you have to schedule visits and, and it's a lot easier now than it was 20 years ago. You had to be in this and the books and IDs and, and things. I mean, you still have to have all that, but it's a little easier. Um, you had to like apply in advance, like two weeks, call in, make an appointment type thing. But so I remember this, woman who was like 20 years older than him and i was like oh and i realized that she was a patient of his or mm -hmm. he maybe like her husband was a patient or something and i apparently had known her as a child mm -hmm. like had seen her or something when my dad was making rounds uh but i remember that they were sitting there talking and they were holding hands and i was just like oh mm. and then they french kissed in front Ew. of me and it was so mm. gross no thanks it was so gross i was like oh Oh, yeah, anyways, so you asked Yikes. me about that. It's things I don't like to think about, but thanks for bringing up those traumatic memories. Oh, you're me. welcome. I, I appreciate Glad that. I could, uh, fantastic. Yeah. Help take you down memory lane there. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. What else is just doing? What else is doing? So some highlights um, of some things going on. Um, of traumatic murders uh this poor gal who is, i feel like that's an oxymoron i know um a georgia elementary teacher was found dead in mexico she had been on vacation in guadalajara which is kind of a dangerous place to be well everywhere in mexico is dangerous yeah. let's just not, but there not are certain words. places that sure and i've been i've yeah. spent a lot of time in mexico um working and as mm -hmm. a tourist and um yeah it's uh it's a, it's a it's a drug state it's not a police state it's a drug state yeah <laughs> it's so a, it's it's the wild wild it's the wild west yeah but they'll just or cut the your head off and so, stick you in a trunk but her name was alexandra morales and um she was found dead in Mexico last Tuesday. And the sad thing, she was a first grade teacher and the kids are just devastated because they absolutely loved her. Um, she was really young. Oh my gosh, Collier. It was really heartbreaking. And they do have, um, I think, someone in custody in Mexico. They didn't say who or what it was about or what was happening, but hmm. um, you know, like the parents and kids are just devastated. It's like, how do you tell a six-year-old that your teacher was murdered and you're going to get a new teacher now. That's, you know. Or do you have to tell the six-year-old? Well. Because they're a fucking six-year-old. They're a six-year-old, but it's <laughs> like, you know, what if they see the news? Or, you know, what if something, you know, they see it somewhere. It's better to hear it from your parents than to hear it from somebody else and then be devastated and come running to your parents and say, hey, why didn't you tell me? Kids are pretty smart. They know things. No, sure. And yeah. nowadays, you know, you have access to the information. I remember right. one of the things that was sort of totally off topic, but on topic at the same time is 
I remember when I was in adoption groups, I would work with the other kids because I was like the poster child for like, oh, this kid's been through a shitty life. And there was a lot of kids that, that would rebel when they turned 18 because back then in Ohio, if you were adopted, you'd have a normal life and your parents might not tell you who you are mm-hmm. or that you were adopted because you're like, hey, my mom and dad, it's great. And like nobody knows, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody from the state shows up and hands you an envelope and says, oh, by the way, here's all about your, your, your birth mom and dad. And you're like, what? And they would go yeah. off the rails and all this stuff. So I would like talk to them and be like, hey, if I didn't go off the rails, you know, you don't go. And, and it worked. And yeah. it was really cool when I made the film. People came and said, hey, I remember you from this. And it really helped me and helped change my life. And it's amazing things you get to do. It's great when someone wants to adopt you. I mean, that's, you know. Well, a, my, my whole point is thing. like, is like now like, they wouldn't have access to the information. I feel like nowadays we have such access in our fingertips so to much information yeah that it becomes this whole other thing you have to sort of plan for mm-hmm. which brings me to oh, um, something that fits right along with what we're talking about uh then there was a wonderful article uh people has a little crime update but um this little girl who disappeared um, in September. So parents of missing six-year-old who disappeared in September arrested and charged with her murder. And how does this tie in, you say? Well, this little girl was their adopted child. So why in the world would you adopt a child only to murder her? I just don't get it. That part I don't get. You know, you hear all these great adoptive parents who, you know, take these kids in and change their lives in a positive way. And then you have this poor little girl who six years old and, you know, they're blaming the parents for this. Do they have, you know, all the proof, that type of thing? Don't know. There isn't a ton in this article about why the police think it's them, but it kind of sounds like she was missing for a longer period of time before they actually said she was missing. So that could be part of why uh, the police believe it's the adoptive parents because of how they reported it. So I guess we'll find out more later. So what do you think now that I'm taking all these photos? Because you tell me that I need to be more proactive on the social media to yes, get that blue do. check. So that's what I'm doing. Just that's right. So everyone knows. Like, what do you think possesses people to do this. I mean, we don't, we haven't really delved into the foster care system and we're going to have a great guest on the show also in a couple of weeks, um, who has been very active in sort of bringing awareness to obviously sexual violence and, mm-hmm. and, and elder sexual abuse oh. by elders. Um, not by like immediate family, but like by, yeah, it's, Ugh. I was engaged in a conversation with this woman a couple of weeks ago. We were discussing, the ways that you know, you kind of compartmentalize and you forget about these things. You put them and then you kind of go, well, you know, what happens and, and all that. But um, I, I wonder how much of that is like lingering trauma that then they, they get a kid and then they end up inflicting that on them and just... Yeah. I just... I just What's the answer? I don't know. I really don't know. And then it's... And there are a lot of good people that I think would like to get involved in the foster system and adopt and all of that. But it's, it's so overwhelming and so daunting that it's insane. That and I, then there's, yeah, I wonder how many people have, are filtered out. That could gay have couples. Good. Yes. That, you know, earn a good living would love to have a child. And, you know, 
and can't get it for religious reasons or or just oh they're gay so they don't deserve to have a child because they can't have a child now whatever that archaic line of thinking is i'm like you know <laughs> they would because these people literally cannot have a child yeah. like physically a man and a man or a woman and a woman cannot physically, have a, physically right. have a child there are ways obviously yeah but they cannot have a child and the amount of love that they would pour i mean you know I mean, if you want to say it's an unfair advantage, then maybe, yes, the kids will probably be superior because they will be loved and they will get everything in the world and they mm-hmm. will have this all cool creative flair to whatever they do. And that's awesome. Yes. But, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's really frustrating as someone who, who grew up in that system and then saw that system affect others around me. Well, and I don't think... He's reformed. Yes. <laughs> in California, I don't think it's as big of an issue. Um, I actually know several gay couples that... Um, have adopted kids and sometimes a couple of kids and are doing amazing with them Um, and have so much attention and everything is about the kids and they find out what they're interested in and and really lean into that and that you know it makes my heart happy to know that there are good people out there that truly care that are taking these kids out of horrible situations and changing their lives and helping them heal because a lot of these kids are damaged. They've yeah. seen things that they shouldn't have seen, no. been in situations they shouldn't have been in that I can't, like, as an adult, I haven't even been in and don't plan to. Um, you know, but they, sometimes these kids just don't, they don't have a choice. They're just drugged through the mud, so to speak. And, sure. you know, and it's just, they need a break. They just do. <laughs> yeah. On that note... <laughs> We will delve into these conversations a lot more in the future because this is all, as you know, is something I feel very strongly about. Yes, for sure. But for now, I'm Collier Landry. And I'm Brenda Fisher. And this is Moving Past Murder. Thanks, y'all. If you have a story you'd like to share on our podcast, please visit movingpastmurder.com for more information. The film A Murder in Mansfield is available on Investigation Discovery, Discovery Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio in association with RSA Entertainment.